Is it just me? Or does this feel a little bit deja vu? Welcome to the 40N News Podcast with your host, James Coppert. This is the 48 News Podcast. For those of you that didn't hear what happened last time and wondered where December's 48 News Podcast disappeared to, the cat had walked over my keyboard and completely messed all the... uh, deleted loads of regions. I don't even know how she did it, but she managed to do it. I didn't realise. Saved it, uploaded it, and found out I couldn't get any of it back. So I'm just having to start again, basically. It took eight to nine hours to kind of record everything and get it uploaded last time. And so I'm just doing it on an evening um, on, uh, to catch up. I'm also behind now writing the next show. But never mind, this is just how it is. And I just have to get on with it. So apologies for the lateness. And sorry, it doesn't sound as probably good as it normally does. But we'll just keep going. It's been a strange odd year, hasn't it? Hey, um, 2021, I think when, when 2020 ended and the clock struck midnight, everyone kind of breathed a little sigh of relief. And there was that feeling of optimism just hanging in the air where everyone was reaching for and quickly just kind of gave up and thought there's, there's no point with the crazy kind of scenes in the United States to uh, the UK just still being in a, another lockdown. Uh, suicide rates have doubled. Domestic violence has tripled. You know, it's it's quite a horrific time. Um, yeah, and it's, it's not been the greatest start of the year for me, to be honest. So that happened with that. I, I was pretty devastated after all that work. And uh, the other thing that went on for me, so just before Christmas, the doctors, my GP got in touch with me and said that they uh, there's a correlation that they noticed between sudden deaths of COVID, that they didn't know why. And then they realised the link was uh, medi- the medication that I was on. So these were people that weren't expected to die, had all passed away. And it was to do with the, the medication apparently had increased the autoimmune response to COVID in the lungs. And it's the autoimmune response rather than the virus itself that, that causes the death because it fills the lungs. So um, I had to come off those and they put me on some new meds and um, decided to really intelligently, God knows why, lower my, my dosage. Um, I'm a big bloke, I'm six foot three and I've been on the medication for a long time. So I didn't take too well to it, to the sudden decrease. And so my pain levels were of an extreme nature, let's put it that way. And I also had major withdrawal f- symptoms, which was like the flu times 10. Wasn't pleasant, um, but luckily I managed to Get them, get them increased again, and we're going to drop them slightly more gradually. That's the plan anyway. And then uh, the next thing to happen is my my partner, she um, she, she had a really tough year uh, last year, and so I kind of really treated her for Christmas with a present I couldn't really afford. And uh, it was coming from Germany, a company in Germany, who were lovely, spoke to her on the phone a few times and explained the situation. I ordered it in November and it came to, when it finally came to kind of customs, the borders were closed due to Brexit and it got sent back and they sent it back to me. Now, bearing in mind, this was an expensive present I couldn't really afford. Uh, DHL delivered the box 
and it cost me an import tax of £96. And I've just found out that it was delivered in two boxes and I've got another box coming and I'm going to have to potentially pay another £96 uh, thanks to Brexit. So, not the happiest of people today, but never mind. But that is the three, and if you're superstitious, you get your three, and then you move on, it's onwards and upwards. Don't like to dwell on the negative anyway. I have a lot of positive things going on in my life, including this. So this makes me smile, so we're going to keep going. We're going to focus on this. We're going to have a good podcast and finally get it out there again without it being ruined by a cat. So onwards and upwards, here we are, 2021. And if you are new here, this is the 40 News Podcast, and we look at everything in the world that's a little bit different, a little bit strange, a little bit weird. Uh, everything from UFOs to the paranormal, cryptids, and just the outright odd. Why 14? So why is it the 14 News Podcast? Well, 14, Charles Fort used to explore, and he believed that science and scientists were too rigid and compromised by the restrictions of their scientific mindset, which ironically, isn't a very scientific way of thinking because if we look at physics and quantum physics at the moment, pretty much every single rule, in inverted commas, that, that we thought existed is now being challenged and, and rewritten. So these things that we perceive as, as something that's very static and fixed is constantly evolving, and so should our understanding of things like the paranormal. Some of these paranormal events over the years have been witnessed by billions of people, and we even have scientists now who have actually measured paranormal activity. And although they don't define the explanation for it, they do state that this activity occurs. And yet, despite this, you still will get people stating that it doesn't exist, which, you know, is, is a very, it's that confirmation bias, the same as someone who is, say, religious, will believe that way of thinking, no matter what evidence you put in front of them. So Charles Fort really wanted to change that um, way of thinking um, and what I call anarchic thinking. So it's removing all those boundaries, all those restrictions into thinking. And I think as well, the scientific community wants answers. And that's what science is. Science and being an academic is the pursuit for explanation and answers. But we also have to, at some point, be able to say, here is the evidence as to why we don't know yet. And be comfortable with that. And I think that is very uncomfortable to many scientists. So anarchic thought is allowing you to look at the evidence and hypothesize to your wildest dreams and just keep thinking and accepting that we can think and change and evolve our mindsets and our perceptions. And, and is it to do with someone from the other side? Is it to do with picking up information that's in the air the same way a bird can know which animal is a predator and which isn't from birth is it looking at quantum physics and actually is someone from the future moving an object now or in an interdimension is it telekinesis that are moving things with the you know so it's, it's looking at all these other things that science would basically just say no that's impossible it doesn't exist but we know it exists because we've seen it we've even measured it we just don't have the explanation so that's why 40 and that's what this show is and it's it's like taking a bath in weird and just bathing in it and reveling the fact that you're bathing in it rather than looking at the bath and trying to sort it out. 
and here we are. Thank you. <laughs> was that all right? That was completely unscripted. That was just off the top of my head. But there we go. I just want to do a few shout outs um, before we get going. Oh, first of all, what I need to explain as well. Like I said before, I got a really lovely new microphone for Christmas. Now, my, my other mic was, was just a head mic. And that was quite good because it was uh, there on my head, um, obviously. But the, uh, the one I've got now is really good quality. The downside of that is when you've got ADHD, um, as bad as me, you're in perpetual motion nonstop. Um, so if, I do, if you do hear lots of clicks and me moving about a lot, I do apologise. Literally cannot help it. If I did, I would be thinking about that and not talking to you. Before we start, there's a few people I want to mention. I'm going to do some of the others I did in the last show, because not everyone downloaded it, because I, I got rid of it before everyone could. First thing to say was thank you so much for everyone that donated some money to the charities before Christmas. Really grateful, and I wanted to give you an example of that, of, of one of the charities. Um, a, a young man, we, we did an online Christmas party, and... Uh, one of, one of these young men, he doesn't listen to the show or I'd give him a, a shout out, but he's only, uh, he's only 17, 18 years old. And he's in one of my groups where he has a voice in changing services and we consult with him and things like that. But we're on a Christmas party with loads of young people that we work with and halfway through the party, he just had to leave because his life is looking after his mum who hasn't got very long to live and cleaning her up when she has accidents in the toilet. In this case, it was... She'd um, her leg had open, opened up, and he had to clean an open wound on her leg, and that's that's his day to day life. He he he's very he can't have friends around. He can't go and see his friends even out of lockdown because his mum's so poorly. He has to stay at home, do college online, and then help with every aspect of the the housework and care for his mum. Absolutely amazing young man. He never I've never heard him complain once, which uh, puts me to shame, doesn't it? And he's just got a massive heart, very intelligent, articulate young man. Has my utmost respect. And Young Carers are a charity that support young people like them, as they're more likely to have depression, they're more likely to be bullied, they're more likely to be socially isolated, obviously, and have uh, lesser opportunities as they grow up. So so thank you to everyone that did, did give some money to that. It's very, very kind of you. And uh, going to a great cause, without a doubt. So I know he heard his shout out, but I want it again on the permanent show on record just to say a massive shout out to uh, Jordan who passed his driving test the first time, which is difficult in itself. Pretty much everyone I know hasn't been able to do that, but to do it when you have dyspraxia as well deserves incredible respect and that is an amazing job. So well done, Jordan. A big shout out to Gaz Gray who wants to hear some more of the stories. I have got a few. I had a few experiences over Christmas that I'm going to fit in later on in the spooky part of the show. Also, thank you massively to everyone that got in touch just to offer support when I was uh, rather uh, gutted, to say the least, about the uh, show being deleted. Thank you so much. Um, some of you were really kind as well to share your, your own personal circumstances. Um, and with that, I, I want to give uh, a lot of love to uh, Joanna, who um, has got a difficult time at the moment and is doing a... A very amazing, amazing job that doesn't get any thanks. So I want to thank you on behalf of the community at large for what you're doing, Joanna. And um, please give that amazing cat a big kiss from me. 
Also, thank you to Fran, who was really quick off the mark as well, to let me know that there was an issue, and it's been lovely to chat to you, and to uh, Robert Brunch for, for making me laugh as well. Much appreciated. To, to be honest, it's quite an honour, really, that the people that listen to this show just seem like really lovely people, and uh, that that's a really big achievement, more than how many listeners I get, is that the listeners I do get are those type of people. And it's re- been really lovely just getting to know a couple of you. Everyone else, um, I am rubbish at getting back to people just because I literally spend most of my time on this show writing and researching. I do try and fit it in, in between, on top of my job and the kids. So do get in touch. I will reply if it's not immediately, as anyone that has got in touch will attain to, I I, I do respond. We're on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, just obviously search 40N News Podcast. And uh, it's 40 Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, massive shout out to Mel as well for getting in touch. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, anyone I've forgotten, just drop me a line and I apologise now and I will mention you in the next show. Also, I can't go away without saying a big shout out to my own brother who started listening. Um, so this one's to you, Ollie, who's over in California, USA. And uh, I miss you very much and I hope you're safe and well. And just before I actually crack on with the show, because I'm sure most of you are screaming at me to shut up and actually get on with the actual show, um, there is someone really close to me who uh, has been through a terrible time recently, and he, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, I'm not going to embarrass him, he found out something quite quite terrible, and then it led him to kind of drop into the depths of absolute despair. We will be back out there investigating the paranormal soon, my friend. Please just uh, keep fighting. Remember what I said to you. If you were a Viking warrior going into battle, you wouldn't just stand there and let your enemy beat you up and with their sword. You would get your axe and you would fight to the bitter end and bitter death. And that's what you got to do with depression. Depression is that warrior that you are fighting against, and it is a fight. And never surrender and never give in to it. And anyone that's listening, if you're feeling like that, what I say is just, just try next day. Just get up. Go to bed and try again tomorrow. Because there there will be moments in your life when you're at a concert and see an amazing band or you know, you're cheering on a football match because your team's winning and you're absolutely elated because you've won a cup. Or you're just sat on a beach somewhere with a sunset after eating an amazing meal or just anything. And in those moments of happiness, you'll completely forget that moment of despair that you had. But if you let that moment of despair win, You'll never get that moment of happiness. Keep fighting, everyone, and make sure... Just talk to someone. I know it's a cliche. I know it's a cliche because it, it truly does work. And finally, just, just before I kind of start, I want to dedicate this show to uh, someone that was a massive influence on me. Not many of you know kind of my, my musical past and history, although that's something I was going to be doing if the show hadn't crashed again, was putting something new out, finally. Um... But um, what one man was a huge influence on me and someone I really admire and respect, and that was MF Doom, probably one of the most 40N MCs ever to grace the mic. Um, I'd like to dedicate, for what it's worth, to, uh, to that great man who was, in my eyes, an absolute genius. So, uh, yeah, MF Doom, rest in peace and feel free to come down and say hi anytime.
December's spooky paranormal news. On the 4th of December, Mail Online ran a story about Australian paranormal investigators Callie Jade and Jameson McKenzie from Queensland and how they state they have no doubt that spirits are amongst us. The pair visited a 150-year-old, in their words, lunatic asylum, where the patients were the victims, sadly, of extreme abuse while it was open. They claim that a spirit box session captured three different people coming through. The first saying, can't talk. The next stated, who's that? And lastly, one said, ah, it's you, before he claims someone reached out and touched him. And at the same time, his spirit box muted, which he states isn't even a workable function on the machine. The pair reported to the mail that they got into ghost hunting when they lost their fourth child in utero and they felt devastated, looking for a new way to heal and trying to find if there was something else after death. This has led them on into many investigations, one of which was a place they investigated on a road where a fatal accident occurred and they say that the spirit spoke to them, asked for help and passed on a message then to the families. Yahoo News reported that Dominic Matigian posted evidence of why he's moving due to extreme poltergeist activity occurring in his home. In the uploaded video, Dominic describes to the camera that he's completely home alone, and yet behind him, someone is banging aggressively on his living room door, so hard you can see the door actually move with each bang. He states to the camera, Can you hear how aggressive it is? He then goes to the door, opens it, which is banging till the second that he opens the door, to show that there is no one present and no mechanical object into which to make the noise, before stating, this is why we're moving, with a look of sheer, resigned disbelief on his face. Especially interesting is the banging is continuous until the second he opens the door. The camera can see behind the door as soon as he opens it with absolutely no place for someone pulling a prank to escape. I did track down the original video and looked at the comments and what was interesting was a self-described medium told them that it was due to a woman, a female spirit, attached to a blue chair that they've got in the house. I looked at all the other videos and there was no video of a blue chair for this so-described medium to get this information. Of course, it could be a lucky guess and an absolute coincidence but Dominic did state that he did have a blue chair in the house. Although this is obviously quite aggressive poltergeist activity, what I will say is a bit of a shame that Dominic and his partner feel the only option left is to leave their home because potentially there are people that you can get in touch with that might be able to make a difference. Coast to Coast AM told the story of a woman from Washington, USA who went for a walk and found an old abandoned ghost town. They looked around the buildings until they found a rundown remnant of a small cottage. Inside that small cottage they found an old, perfectly formed wedding dress. You can guess the next bit, can't you? They took this wedding dress home, and as soon as they brought it in their house, the woman stated that there were weird and unsettling activity beginning to occur. This included poltergeist activity, with objects moving around on their own accord, and the cat seemingly becoming terrified of an unseen presence. Which is a direct opposite of me, who's terrified of the presence of the cat when I'm recording. Neither the woman nor her fiancé ate a bowl of beans that night, and yet their entire bedroom filled up with the stink of rotten eggs, which continued on a nightly basis. 
Having had enough, the woman tried to douse her wedding dress in holy water to cleanse it, but this only seemed to agitate whatever was causing the haunting, and the activity started increasing in repercussion. Despite this, the woman was ploughing along with her wedding plans, and gave her fiancé's mother her wedding dress to alter, ready for the big day. Of course, all activity in the house ceased as soon as the dress left the building, but a future mother-in-law sensed something amiss about the dress and begged her not to wear it at the wedding, which is how it ended up on Facebook for sale for $600. Of course, the woman was criticised for taking a dress that didn't belong to her in the first place, but I'm sure it won't stop a buyer from purchasing the cursed item. Similar to this lady who found a cursed wedding dress which led to all sorts of unsettling and unsavoury activity, I had a similar experience to this, although it wasn't a cursed wedding dress, it was I myself who was cursed after marrying the wrong person, who unfortunately I couldn't get rid on Facebook for $600 afterwards. The Mirror has reported some of the strange activity occurring in the aftermath of the incredible Japanese tsunami which left absolute devastation there on the Japanese coast. Those returning to the area have not only to contend with anguish, upset and loss by rebuilding their lives, but also a significant amount of paranormal activity is now occurring. Kansho Aizawa is a Japanese exorcist who has come to assist these families. One day, a man found two Buddhas in the wreckage and saved them by taking them into his home. And look, before we go any further, I know someone, at least one person, will be sat there going, what, he actually found Buddha? What I mean is two Buddha statues, just to make that very clear. He said as soon as he took the Buddhas into his home, the two children suddenly became sick and a cold wind would actually follow them throughout their house. He even felt feet walking across his chest when he's in bed, which is actually just very rude. Kansho Aizawa came to the home and she told the man what to do. The Buddhas, who were supposedly opposed to all possessions, wanted the man to build them a temple, which he so did, and of course the activity immediately stopped. That's right, that right there is paranormal blackmail. Alongside this family... Kansho Aizawa has seen many apparitions herself and helped many other families. These have included headless ghosts, some missing hands or legs, and some are completely cut in two. She states that it was so fast, the tsunami, many died like that at that moment and were left in limbo, so we see them as they were the second they died. It's become such a problem with so many sightings that taxi drivers started to be scared to even pick anyone up in case they are apparitions after giving people rides and then the mysteriously disappearing along the way home. You know hauntings are mainstream now when even Hello magazine covers them. From Robbie Williams' daughter's teddy bear changing rooms of its own accord to Miley Cyrus having a close encounter which we reported last month. Hello published an article on December the 1st of other celebrity encounters. Jennifer Aniston's first home in LA had an electrifying haunting when all of a sudden things started to happen. The dishwasher would start to go. The coffee maker would start to go. It was terrifying. She got in a professional cleanser, or professional fleecer in this case, as it didn't cease, so she just moved out. Adele, who penned the words... Hello from the other side, 
was so scared of noises in the night in her mansion that she actually hired a security guard to just stand there and keep watch. Adele, I I beg people to let me come in the houses when this sort of stuff goes on. So I do it for free, I do it for fun. Give us a call, love. Pop star Kesha has a song with the opening lyrics stating, Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. This line was about waking up and having lots of her friends in bed with her, who she used to have staying over in the night as she was too terrified to stay home alone. In the end, she also gave up trying to beat the ghosts and moved out. Actor Matthew McConaughey moved into his new home and had a load of activity instantly occur as he stated the ghost, which he nicknamed Madame Blue, was upset at him moving in. However, unlike the other celebrities... This time it was Matthew who won. Madame Blue decided that it was far better to leave her beautiful home which she adored, that she put her heart and soul in with all her happy memories from her life so perfect to her that she didn't want to move into the light than it was to spend just one more second with that obnoxious douche. And so, all activity ceased. Talking of obnoxious douches... Kendall Jenner is convinced that her mother's home is haunted and it was a ghost, stating that when she was alone in the house, she could hear noises and footsteps walking all around the mansion. And finally back to Miley Cyrus, the singer who in November locked eyes with an alien who was flying a snowplow UFO, a phenomenon that is strangely not that common. Miley was renting a home in London and decided to take a shower. While she was washing herself, She felt uneasy as eyes were set upon her, and she looked up to see a ghostly little boy sat on the sink, watching her in the nude. Miley says at this moment she was feeling really freaked out, and I have to say, I bet that's not the same thing that the little boy was feeling at the time. Maybe all of these celebrities should have gone to real estate agent Joy Shashinsky first. Joy Shashinsky is a real estate agent from Baltimore, who moved herself into a haunted house. Joy was previously a complete non-believer until she moved into a home in Hamden and she was frequently awoken by doors opening and slamming shut. Finding absolutely no explanation to this, she was convinced it was the work of a ghost, particularly as she would ensure religiously that she would lock the door every night but then would awake in the morning to find it wide open. According to the Daily Mail which reported the case, as often occurs, both a cat and a dog would suddenly become acutely aware of a presence lurking in the room. Now I know what some of you are thinking. You've mentioned a cat and a dog. Surely that's the explanation for the opening doors and all the poltergeist activity occurring around the house in the middle of the night. Well, let me just tell you, Joy was so terrified that she locked the cat and the dog in the bedroom with her throughout the night. However, and this one will really blow your mind, when the cat died, all the paranormal activity ceased. Did this cat have a strange entity attached to it? Or was it all telekinetic RSPK haunting from the minds of the feline? Well, Hollywood, there's a movie for you. The Haunting of the Phantom Pussy. Now that takes me back to my youth. Whatever the reason for the haunting, Joy made the decision there and then that if she sells this house, she would tell the buyers that at one time it seemed to be haunted. And so the idea arose, if I'm going to tell these people, why not inform others if a house is haunted or not with a real estate signs? 
Joy now puts the signs outside and underneath it'll either say this house is or isn't haunted. However, I do see an issue with this. A house may suddenly, for want of a better word, become haunted when, for example, a teenage girl who might be going through trauma suddenly becomes the focus of poltergeist activity, or even a cat, so it seems. Or some families might bring someone along with them. Could they sue her for false advertisement? Also, what if a ghost walks past, sees the sign and thinks, finally an empty house, they're all taken these days, and then moves in? The Mirror reported that a man heard shuffling in his kitchen, so started taking photos, wondering what on earth it was, when a ghoulish head looked from behind the door in a strange 80 degree angle. The man said there was no one else at home at the time. He fled immediately and is now looking for somewhere else to live. I can't remember if I said it already, but this is one that you should go and look at. Um, if you go on the website or download the app for Flipboard, F-L-I-P board, if you then search for 4TN News Podcast, you will find our magazine and every single story that is featured on the show, plus many, many more, will be uh, will be there. Also, for you know this current month's news articles are all collated there as well. So you can go and check them out and, and then uh, we'll be reporting them, obviously, in the next show. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a really good place to... Go and look at any of the photos or videos from the stories that you hear tonight. Wales Online has reported that urban explorer Kaylee Love accidentally captured some paranormal activity while visiting an abandoned mental hospital. It was only after the footage was uploaded and released to the public did some eagle-eyed viewers see what was captured. And according to Love, the still shots taken from the film even have the sceptics baffled. Images clearly show a woman dressed in a white medical gown with long black hair stood in the room to the end of the hallway before walking off camera and vanishing. Love really didn't expect this footage as it was in broad daylight, although anyone that's been unfortunate enough to live in a haunted house knows although you hear more when the house is quiet in the dead of night, the reality is things can happen or appear whatever time of day it is. She also states she didn't feel like she was alone and was being watched. And from the footage, she probably was. The Castle Warden House was built in 1887. Situated in St Augustine in Florida, it was purchased by Ripley's in 1949 to become the original Believe It or Not Museum. Anonymalian.com reports it's of course haunted, believe it or not. Many visitors can hear voices and turn around to discover there's no one there, as well as witnessing actual apparitions. People have taken photographs and caught people who weren't originally in the room featuring in the shot, as well as orbs, yes, actual orbs, not dust, let's not get into that one again, and mysterious faces suddenly appearing in the photographs. Staff have also confirmed that voices and apparitions are a regular feature when they're working in the museum. In the 1940s, when the building was a hotel, a fire sadly killed two women. In the area where this tragedy occurred, residual smoke can be smelt, as well as a woman frequently was seen in the window in severe distress. So convincing was this sight that people regularly reported it to the police, but when they turned up, noticed there was no one there. This distinctly sad tragedy has been imprinted in the building's fabric, replaying frequently over time. So often did this occur, with the police and the fire making unwanted journeys so regularly, 
Ripley's and the police decided it was the best option just to board up the window so she couldn't be seen anymore, and so it remains so to this day. The Hindustan Times reported that the exorcism of Emily Rose lead actor Jennifer Carpenter's radio would inexplicably turn itself on in the middle of the night during the period of filming. There could be some logical explanations for this, until you then hear that her co-star, Laura Linney, also had the same experiences with her radio during the same period of filming. Carpenter stated that radio turned on in the night, playing a live by Pearl Jam, with the one line stuck playing over and over again. I'm still alive, I'm still alive, I'm still alive. You get the picture. Next, really excitingly, especially as it was published in a very scientific mainstream uh, magazine, The Economist, was an article about all the strange, peculiar, paranormal activity that occurs in the British Museum. And it's a really long article as well, definitely worth reading. The article states that, of course, the museum is full of strange creaks and noises, as all our buildings are, especially one built in the 1820s. They say the guards are accustomed to air-conditioning hums, doors clanking shut, sudden breezes whistling around the corner, all of which could have a rational explanation. But every so often, they experience a noise, a flash of movement, or even just a, a sudden lurch in the pit of the stomach that stops even hardened veterans in their tracks. For example, to complete a full circuit, 3,000 doors need to be open and closed. The Sutton Hoo Gallery has a massive, cumbersome, heavy door that needs to be closed and bolted shut, which the guards did, only to be alerted by CCTV that it was again wide open. When they played it back, they saw the once bolted doors open completely by themselves. That specific area houses Anglo-Saxon treasures, like a helmet worn by King Raidwald, King of the East Angles, who died in 624 AD in the 7th century. Another area of strange occurrence is the entrance to the Assyrian Gallery, next to the statue of the winged bull of Nimrod, which flying seagulls are bad enough. Can you imagine getting a pat on the head from that thing? Anyway, in that area, temperature suddenly, inexplicably plummets. They've also heard footsteps, music, and even someone crying. Of course they search, but they can find no natural cause to give any logical explanation or solution to this phenomena. And again, in this area, people take photographs and find someone else stood in the image, in a term we'll call spiritual photobombing. Some of you may have seen the very iconic Congolese fetish that is a dog with heads at both ends and metal spikes all over its body. One guard said he couldn't walk past it without feeling some sort of force from coming from it. He walked past and suddenly had an urge to point at it, and as he did so, the fire alarms in the building went off. Finding this rather strange, he brought his brother a couple of nights later. He explained to his brother how peculiar it was, that no matter how hard he tried, the power from this thing compelled him to point at it. His brother, of course, thought this was ridiculous, until he went past, pointed at the beast, and the fire alarms went off for him as well. Stop pointing at the dog. 
A Dutch couple found the mechanical galleon from the 16th century Germany quite alluring, so decided to take a photograph, only later on looking at the picture and realising that a lady with dwarfism, with missing clumps of hair wearing 16th century clothing, was in the photograph smiling right back at them, which must have given them a little fright. Another night in the empty museum building, an alarm went off in the disabled toilet, so of course the guards rushed to the area to see what caused it. There was no explanation. Well, other than loads of large white balls of light appearing in the area during the exhibition in that space dedicated to the Holocaust. To their utter surprise, CCTV operators realised that these strange balls of light appeared every single night at exactly the same time, but disappeared when the exhibition finished and moved out to the museum. And finally... If you walk on the northeast stairs, you can be seen mysterious shadows walking round, and disembodied voices can also be heard. Just as a little uh, little side on the the Holocaust, uh, my uh, my grandmother Apollonia Kopperboomer, she was part of the uh, Dutch resistance, and she was ca- captured and and placed in a number of concentration camps, and uh, she had a paranormal experience there, which I'll I'll have to tell you about one day. She actually wrote me a letter about it just before she she died. Lehigh Valley Regional News reported that Linda and Ned Heindel of Williams Township have realised that they're nearing the end of their lives and to stop their land being developed upon and destroyed, they've decided to donate the beautiful spot to the state to be enjoyed as a national park. In this area of land is a rock formation known as the Hexenkopf Rock which originally a Native American sacred site, and when settlers arrived, they claimed the rock was haunted. According to Saucon Source, the rock is nicknamed Witch's Head Rock. Historians state that local Native Americans would believe that when their family was ill, it was because an evil spirit had got into their body, so they would take them to the rock, draw the evil spirit out of the body and then pin the evil spirit upon the rock, leaving the person who was ill now to be free and healthy. The first non-Native American settlers to the area saw the Native Americans doing this and must have seen it as being a success, so they started doing the same thing, a tradition that continued as far as the 1950s. This has led to legends and sightings to be reported in this area. These include people seeing witches dancing around a tree by the rock, strange lights moving through the trees and peculiar sounds filling the air. Many people report a distinct feeling that someone is walking alongside of you. There is one local legend that tells the story that a man saw his wife rub an ointment onto a body, recite an incarnation, then hop on a broomstick and vanish. As you would, he got the ointment and tried to do the same thing, and suddenly found himself transported to the rock, landing in the middle of a group of witches dancing in a circle. He passed out and then woke up in his neighbour's pig pen. Also seen by the rock is a white fox wandering around, a headless horseman with a headless dog stalking in the woods. Another legend is of a one-legged farmer who was chasing a witch and fell off the rock dead, and you can apparently still hear his wooden leg tapping on the rock. I bet if someone asked him how he died, he'd be completely stumped. Alistair Crowley's Loch Ness home, infamously haunted and rumoured to be the site of demonic portals, is going to be restored 
and turned into holiday homes. As we know, this was the place where sex magic was performed to summon demons, and now he's going to be filled with horny honeymooners. I imagine this isn't the last we'll hear of the story. Next, Tyler Thornton is selling his grandfather's empty home in South Australia, Yahoo News reports. An estate agent took a number of photos outside to use for adverts. The house was completely empty, and all the photos were exactly the same. Apart from one. In one photo, a strange mist can be seen in the window. People started zooming in on the mist, altering the brightness and the colour of the photograph, and the mist turned very clearly to an old man stood in the window washing up. This leaves the question, is there a worse sort of purgatory than to spend your afterlife perpetually washing dishes? A couple were terrified when they were woken in the middle of the night by a blood-curdling scream coming from inside their own front room, reported the Daily Star on the December the 13th. They then replayed the CCTV footage and can hear a female scream coming from the living room which then makes the cat jump. Maybe this is a loop, so a woman hears a residual scream which scares her to death, so in response she screams, and then in future someone else hears this scream that was response to the original residual scream, and so they scream and so the loop continues. Anyway, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to play you the sound that you can hear this scream, so you can hear it for yourself and see what you think. Now, potentially, it could be a female fox outside, but the family did say that it was definitely within their front room, so let's have a listen. Weird, eh? So, it kind of sounds female, but definitely sounds animal. I think the jury's out on this one. What do you think? Let me know, 40nnewspodcast at gmail.com, let me know. The Franklin Hotel in Iowa dates back to the early 1900s and has recently been refurbished, but it hadn't stopped its regular guests from staying put, even with its new look. A ghost named Lily sings and moans in the halls and can be seen wandering in a lavender gown. Lively Lily has even been known to perform a spot of poltergeist activity, moving furniture around. Also there is Leo. Leo was the laundryman for 30 years until he passed away and decided to stay. People hear him ringing the hotel bell system at night, an activity which only began the night that Leo died. Next, in the star, ghost hunter Simon Smirk told the paper that he went out to buy cigarettes with his girlfriend and got a bad feeling as he walked back home on Salthouse Road near Sutton Manor, 10 minutes drive from the infamous De Grey Street haunted site in the city of Hull. He said... When he got the feeling, he started looking around him and taking photos, and states that he could see two malevolent spirits before one went up to him and punched him in the chest. Simon says he has Asperger's, and so has always had the ability to see ghosts. It shows how rough Hull is, isn't it, when even the ghosts are scallies that try and assault you. The Mail Online posted an article on the 23rd of December about the most haunted beaches in Australia. Now, obviously, this is just like the day before Christmas came out. And I just want to ask, there's a stereotype here in the UK that Australians on Christmas Day go on the beach and put shrimp on the barbie. I just want to know, is that true? Is that what you actually do? And if that's the case, has this newspaper know that you're going to go on the beach and purposely try to upset you by talking about the scary ghost stories? I don't know. Let me know anyway. I've always wanted to know that. So first of all, 
Jenny Dixon Beach in New South Wales is, according to the paper, notorious for being filled with paranormal activity, being haunted by two different female ghosts. I wonder if they ever meet up for a chat and have a brew. The first is a phantom hitchhiker, which I quote, has had hundreds of accounts in the past 40 years. All the reports state they see a young female hitchhiker, they pull over, stop the car, she gets in the back of the car, and then she vanishes. Ungrateful? The male reports it dates back to a legend, where in the 70s a young woman hitchhiked and was picked up by five men who drove her to the beach and sexually assaulted her. Reports have been sent to the police of a woman standing by the side of the road, and she's even been seen by the police themselves. I bet a couple of the sightings have been of an actual woman who stood desperate for a lift home and wonders why no one's stopping to pick her up. So here in North Yorkshire there is a similar legend. There's a place called Sutton Bank which is a very, very street steep hill and uh, legend has it that you see a female hitchhiker and if you stop and pick her up, your car will have a car crash on that journey. Now, I actually do pick hitchhikers up and whenever I drive there, I always ask myself, what would I do if I saw a woman hitchhiking down that hill? Would I dare risk it or not? I still don't know to this day what I'd actually do. To be honest, I'd probably stop, let her in and whip my phone out and say, James, 40 News podcast, are you a ghost? Would you be willing to do an interview? And kind of go from there. Anyway, the second ghost is meant to be a lady who was killed in a shipwreck with a son on Nora's head in 1800s. I assume Nora's head is a set of jagged rocks and not some old deer who sticks her head out in front of passing boats. Reputedly, she's in 1800s clothing and stands with her arms outstretched pleading for help. Come on, Ozzies, you tight sods. Like, she's been there since the 1800s and everyone's seen her. She comes along to you, asks for help and everyone screams and runs off. Can someone go and help her? Poor soul. On Brighton Beach in South Australia, a woman can be seen diving off the Brighton jetty and never returning. It is believed to be the ghost of Kitty White, the first person said to be killed by sharks in the area in 1926. Because if how you died was to be killed by sharks, you want your soul to dive into shark-infested waters for eternity. By the way, just to say, this is what the paper says, I imagine there were native Australian people died way before 1926 from sharks. Kitty is also seen running along the beach in clothes that don't match the current era, with a similar description. Brighton Beach erected a water fountain in her memory. At Bunker Bay, a ghost named as Harry Balmere is said to haunt the lighthouse keeper's cottage. In 1907, the shipwrecked Scotsman was cold and wet, so he sheltered in the cottage, but later died of dehydration and his injuries. And there he remains to this day. Although, to be fair, it must be quite confusing when you're meant to be going into the light and you stood right next to a lighthouse. He can be seen outside the building of the cottage holding a lantern. Maybe he's looking for Mary, aren't we all? Mary haunts the inside of the building and is reputed to have strangled a maintenance worker who fled and had red marks around his neck. The couple are known as Happy Harry and Bloody Mary. There's no wonder that Harry died in the building but decided to haunt the outside of it when uh, Bloody Mary's in there strangling people, is there? Yeah, I must admit I do feel a bit sorry for old Harry, bless him. But Mary's just constantly nagging him. And if he don't crack on, she just strangles him. Anyway, I need to stop going off on tangents. Next is Manly Beach, which is near the infamously paranormal hotspot of North Head Quarantine Station, where immigrants who had bubonic plague 
the Spanish flu, and smallpox were housed. This is where more than half a thousand were estimated to have died. Now serving a similar clientele, it is a restaurant and resort. They say that 20 children roamed the premises, most famously Isaac Lowe's, who died in 1878 of scarlet fever and a non-social distancing Mary Ann, who over-friendly holds people's hands as they wander around. The most infamous area here is the shower blocks, where one would be treated to a chemical shower to get rid of fleas and lice. However, nowadays, people are pushed by unseen forces, and at the same time hear a voice ask, Why are you here? leaving most visitors wondering exactly the same thing. Last of all in the article is Minamora Beach, although the article slightly fibs, as it's actually about Dunmore House, which is 18 kilometres from the beach. Here there is a famous legend that a man was hit by a car and his head was severed, which was then picked up and placed on the gate of Dunmore House. I suppose it sounds odd, but to be fair, if I see like a kid's dropped his toy or someone's dropped the glove or scarf or something like that, I always pick it off the pavement and then put it on the fence here, hoping that, you know, someone will come along and claim it. A local newspaper once reported that bus driver Barney Dion hit a figure, but when he got out, there was nobody there. Literally nobody there. Not nobody there. Well, there wasn't anybody there either, but hang on. <sighs> Feeling rather perplexed, he returned to his bus and then he saw a man with no head covered in a sheet stood by the side of the road. Now if this was in my town he probably would have thought nothing of it and carried on driving but in Australia he was terrified. This stretch of road is known as the Bloody Mile. It has a long history of strange paranormal encounters including a woman who's seen holding severed baby legs which is why you see so many Australian drunk babies absolutely legless. And strangely, there is also a massive amount of murders that seem to occur on this one stretch of road. Brooches can be found at your local travel agents. Please forgive me if I get pronunciations wrong in this next one. There's a beautiful church first consecrated in 1352 and named Costal Svetoho Ajiri or St. George Church. I'll do the Chechenian bit okay and then mess up the English. Known as St. George's Church in English in Lukova in Chechnya, which 40 years ago was abandoned by its congregation. This was because the church was beginning to get a bit of a reputation as haunting experiences were occurring to numerous witnesses. Then in 1968 was the final straw, as a paranormal event occurred which caused everyone to flee the church at once and never enter again. Sadly, this incredible church has been left to ruin. In recent times, People have seen its worth, however, as a cultural monument and wanted to save it, but there was no money to do so. Enter the artist Jakob Hadrava. Jakob has created a congregation of ghosts who sit amongst everyone else in the seats. This is drawing tourists from all over the world, enough to pay for the roof to be fixed, and now people are back enjoying mass and sit amongst the ghostly sculptures. What the article doesn't state is if paranormal activity is still occurring. If anyone knows, please do get me in... Don't get me. Get in touch. Um, I don't know if I've got any listeners in Chechnya, but it's amazing. Go and check out the pictures. Just Google Chechnyan Ghost Church. I'm sure you'll, you'll see the sculptures. And this is definitely on my bucket list to visit. If you ever visit the exceedingly beautiful 146-year-old Driscoll Hotel in Texas... 
Only in your state reports that it's common to hear the wails of a young child echo off the marble floor in the hotel lobby, as well as seeing the apparition of the original owner, Jesse Driscoll himself, standing in the hallway. In some guest rooms, it's not uncommon for objects to move completely by themselves, or can be seen mysteriously shaking. Room 329 has a tragic tale, where a bride-to-be was jilted, so she took her own life. Known as the Suicide Bride, she appears in a wedding gown in the bathroom. Another reputed haunting hotel has been the St. James Hotel, no relation, in Kimmeran, New Mexico, which is 148 years old, built in 1872. It has hosted Annie Oakley, Buffalo Bill, Jesse James, Billy the Kid and more legends of the Wild West. They say in those days, at least 26 murders took place in the hotel. There is no wonder then that the portraits fall off the wall by themselves, doors open autonomously and objects mysteriously move all around the room. One room is that haunted it's left locked. Thomas James Wright won the rights to the hotel in a poker game, but as he entered the room, he was shot from behind, where he stumbled back into his room and died a slow and painful death, and it is believed he's still there today. This is one of those things that I always say to sceptics, this is a business, a business that must lose an enormous amount of money by leaving a room locked and not using it. Nearby in room 17, Mary Lambert is said to be seen. Mary is the hotel's original owner, and quite often you can also smell a rose-scented perfume hanging in the air. I must say it's always fortunate, isn't it? Because whenever you hear of a ghost, you can smell their aftershave or their perfume or sometimes tobacco. There's never a ghost with like really bad BO and people say, oh, I knew that Bob was around because he stank. The old bloody room stinks now. You never hear that, do you? Quite fortunate, really. I mean, who wouldn't be haunted by stinky Bob or smelly Karen? Do you know what I mean? It must be a rule. If you stink, you're not hanging around, you're not lingering. Not like lovely Mary and a rose perfume. Yep, that's all right. That, that can hang in the air for people to smell. You know, but, but filthy Uncle Ken, who you never want around because he didn't wash for a week, he, he can stay outside. You know, maybe that's the rules. Comedy actress Daisy Mae Cooper was on the game show Taskmaster and was challenged to bring in the best collection of worthless things. So she brought in a memory stick of EVPs. Now, I know I use a lot of phrases in this show, and if I use anything that you don't know, please just tell me off. Um, I guess I guess expect people that are listening to this because they already are into it. Um, for those that don't, and sorry for those that do, EVP stands for Electric Voice Phenomenon. And it's when you record something and it picks up the voice, supposedly, of the spirits, and you can communicate with them. So, uh, yeah. Of course, this led to instant ridicule from the host and fellow panellists. Until she played them. The first one she played was recorded in a hospital. Daisy asks, is anyone there? To which they hear a female voice whisper, Don't be afraid. In response. In the second recording, Daisy asks, is there anybody there that has a message for me? She has an instant response with someone saying, I am in the light. Pleasingly, the panel were visibly shaken up by this, and Daisy stated knowing that they were genuine recordings. If you ridicule this, I'll be extremely upset. Although the actual response wasn't ridicule, but that is some freaky... The lady at the end of the bed. 
and is staring at me. PM reported that a man, when he was a child, would often be stood talking to a lady at the end of the bed. His mum would often hear a one sided conversation, but a definite conversation, and would ask him who he was talking to, and he would say it was the lady at the end of the bed. This was something that the family kept to themselves. When he was an adult, he picked up his grandmother, and on the way home, she asked him, Do you remember when I babysat you when you were little, and you were in your room, and you were having a proper conversation, and I asked who it was, and you said you are talking to the lady at the end of the bed. She confirmed that this was not a conversation that she'd ever had with his mother, but there was definite a conversation occurring, which gave him a shiver down his spine. What is it with ghosts standing at the end of the bed? Why do they love it so much? When my brother passed away, a couple of days after, um, I, I looked up at the end of my bed and he was stood there, solid as a living person, just stood there looking at me before vanishing. Weirdly, that day, um, my granddad also saw him as well, and my mum, all on the same day. So he must have been doing his rounds. Anyway, um, I also used to go out with this girl called Charlotte and her dad, Merv, um, reported that one morning he woke up and there was a monk at the end of his bed, just in, you know, monk in a habit with a hood up, just stood right at the end of his bed. And this story um, was one that my mum told me. She, she, was, she had a friend and her friend's uh, husband was away on business and she rang my mum up and said, Pam, please will you come and stay? I, I, I don't want to stay by myself. And she's wondered why. And she explained that there's a man who appears um, in a jester's hat at the end of a bed. And my mum basically thought she was absolutely bonkers, but, you know, she thought, well, why not, you know, it'd be nice to have a night with my friend. So she went and had an evening, they went to bed, and the woman woke up screaming. So my mum looked up, and there was a chair at the end of the bed, and this man, in a jester's outfit, just, you know, full-on hat with all the little pointy bits on, was sat staring at them as well. It wasn't like residual, it was proper staring at them. And, uh, yeah... That was it. He didn't really sleep for the rest of the night after that. I might ring my mum up one time. I might see if I get a chance to ring her tomorrow and see if I can record it and get her to tell you the story. Anyway, right now it is 2.49 in the morning, so I need to go to bed and try and record this tomorrow. Um, just while we're on the spooky bit, I did promise that I'd tell you some of my own stories. I'm not going to tell you any full-on stories, but I'll just update you to a couple of things that occurred um, in December to, to myself. Now, it's, you could probably tell I'm quite a rational person, and my interest in the paranormal, to be, I have to be frank, if I hadn't experienced it, I probably would be one of those people that we hate that is so ridiculously sceptic, because I, um, you know, I do believe in science, and you know, I look into quantum physics, and I research a lot of things, and it, it's almost, it doesn't make sense, but I know it exists, because I've had it all my life funny enough actually um i might bring him on the show one day to talk about it my dad i don't speak to my dad that often but we've been in touch recently um he lives over in the states and he uh he was telling me about when i was a child and i used to have a he wasn't an imaginary friend i used to have a a spirit i used to talk to and a bit like that last story there was um, my dad said there was a definite conversation and sometimes he could actually hear another child's voice from behind the door um and lots of stuff would occur around that as well. So I'll have to get him to kind of maybe come on and have a chat about it. I had severe ADHD and didn't sleep very much, but I used to apparently say, right, I'm going to bed. This was when I was really little. And my parents would be like, oh, yeah, okay. 
And what I actually was doing is I wanted a bit of quiet time to go and talk to my my ghost friend and used to just be talking for hours up in my room with my door shut. Fascinating stuff. Anyway, yeah, my point is, you know, I've experienced this all my life and although I am a very kind of rational and try and debunk everything first because then what you're left, like I said before, what you're left with is the absolutely undisputed proof that there is this other thing that goes on um, and then we can kind of hypothesize as to what it could possibly be and maybe even try and test our hypothesis um, but it's just so bizarre isn't it so I've, ev- I've even been to the GPs and said right this is what's going on is there something wrong with me and their answer was you know no you're not mad and if it's witnessed by other people then it's not in your head so um, yeah I don't know I don't know why it occurs and I do kind of this is the way that I explain it so there's you know the whole saying that if you stare into the abyss the abyss stares back at you and I have noticed that the more that I've got in touch the more I've researched it the more I've been involved and the more things happen and the analogy that I I gave my friend recently was was this so if you walking down the street and you see someone you don't tend to notice them and then to look at them and so you meet this person at a party and you're introduced and you start talking you probably start to notice this person around town and you you may stop and have a conversation and you're walking downtown and your eyes instantly meet them and you recognize them and I think that is the same with the paranormal you are drawn to each other you recognize each other and so you turn and look at each other whereas before you might walk past each other and I think it's there all around you and certain people do recognise the paranormal. The paranormal recognises them and you notice each other and that's where all this activity exists. So it could be a load of nonsense that I'm talking, but my free experiences, um, and I, I am thinking of a way, seriously, this, this strange, weird stuff happens to me continuously. Um, I'm not special. I'm not a chosen one. I don't have a gift like some people state. I think I'm simply being noticed because I've noticed them and think it was because of my ADHD. I've spoken about the theory before about neurodiversity and having these abilities. And it was interesting, actually, in one of those stories, he said, I've got Asperger's, which is why I've, you know, seen things ever since I was born. And um, so it's similar to me. And I think I've I've spoken in depth about this and I, I am, you know, I'm gathering research in the hopes to write a book about neurodiversity and the paranormal. Um, I'm talking really fast again, aren't I? I have to keep reminding myself to slow down. And I'm too tired to re-record it, so I'm just going to keep going. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of what, what I feel and what I believe. I could be completely wrong. If anyone has any idea, then then do get in touch. I just, you know, like, I've, like I said to you, I even got banned from people's houses when I was a teenager because I would go around and things would occur. And even professionally, um, one family would refuse to meet me after I went twice in the old part of the house and I had to go and meet them in their extension because they said whenever I'd left, then things would fly off the walls or or move around the table in front of their eyes. So they'd rather I went in the, the new part of the house where that didn't seem to matter as much. I don't know what it is or why, but anyway, it, it occurs. And uh, the first thing that happened, it was the week before Christmas and I popped to the toy shop just to get last few minute bits and bobs for my my little ones and um you know when someone's by your side and you look at them and then you're like hang on a minute she had a different color hair so I looked again there was a little girl by my side and when it dawned on me that it was a different color hair to Aggie my daughter I looked again and there was no one there and Aggie was right at the other end of the aisle so she couldn't have got there and back in that time so that that was the first thing only a little thing 
I was actually going to go and take my tape recorder. Um, after I got home and thought about it, it was really busy at the time, so I didn't want to bother them, obviously, the week before Christmas. But I went afterwards and had a chat with them about if anyone else has seen anything or anything occurs there, but I haven't had a chance yet. Hopefully that's something I'll be able to do um, once lockdown ceases. Um, now, the second thing, really bizarre, is uh, I was in my bathroom and I suddenly had what I described as about a quarter of a mug of water poured down the back of my head. Obviously, my first thought was there's a leak. You know, what's dripped on me? There's a leak. And I uh, I got still stood up, was feeling all the ceiling, all the walls. There was absolutely nothing wet. It just something out of thin air poured water down the back of my the back of my head and down my neck. Um I know sometimes you can have nerve kind of a bit like a migraine where it feels like that. But I, you know, I put my hand, I was soaking. It wasn't like a little bit of water, like it wasn't a drip. This was a lot of water. Um, and I, I was definitely very wet. No, nothing else occurred at that time and moment, but that was uh, something very real that happened. Um, interestingly, in, in the bathroom, one, one of the most scary things that occurred to me, and it sounds really daft saying it, but again, this is genuinely true. Every night, I, um, as part of the way that I get ready to go to bed, I'll be going to do it now, um, I, I go and get a really hot bath um, and it, it relaxes my muscles enough that I can kind of go to bed and sleep. And I was in there once and, you know, just doing what I normally do, chilling out, having a wash, um, sometimes read and uh, I'll listen to a podcast. And I think, um, I can't remember what I was doing, but I was, I was just sat in the bath and I suddenly, it was like I was transported. I'd love to have a camera up and see what my, my body was doing. But I was suddenly transported into like, I can still see it now. Um, it was like a f- typical country farmhouse, but it had modern kind of stuff in there as well. I'd say it was like a 1980s country farmhouse. There was a naga in, in the corner, um, proper kind of country decoration, Um, But they still had like a a microwave, an old school microwave and stuff like that. And I was in a man with a flat cap who had a shotgun and he was taking his own life, basically. And I felt at that moment all those feelings and emotions. And as soon as he pulled the trigger, that was it. I was back in my body and it really deeply upset me. I have to be honest, It, it shocked me and was deeply upset and and strangely um I've never told her this actually that the medium that I spoke about last time who I want to come on the show and I might actually tell her about this in the show she spoke to me about um when you're in the bath things might happen because it's water and certain energy she she knew nothing about that which is which is really interesting I've not actually I've only told my partner this before because it was so bizarre um different and makes me sound a bit crazy but it definitely happened you know what definitely hadn't dropped off it wasn't like that I was wide awake and I came back with a jolt as well it was it was horrible um definitely not something I want to experience again and I remember saying out loud please don't ever do that to me again in case it felt like I was being shown something maybe you know if there is such things as spirits and the other side maybe I was being communicated with in order to send a message or anything but I haven't developed those skills to do that you know um but yeah, so that, that's the bathroom anyway. And the last thing is a really lovely thing. Um, my my granddad died 
was it last year? It was the year before last. And I remember, yeah, because I remember saying it was a good thing that actually he wasn't around for COVID because we wouldn't be able to see him. And uh, we we used to go and see my granddad every single every single week. I adore the man. He is more than just a, a granddad to me. He's he's my absolute hero. Like my, my my partner used to say, she never had to tell ask me who who I was speaking to on the phone. She could just tell it was my granddad by the face. She said it was full of awe whenever I spoke to him. I mean, I I adore that man. Absolutely adore him. And um, anyway, at Christmas we we I've got this little card, and it it's I just put it up on the mantelpiece, and it says. Um, we're still remembering you this Christmas, something like that, Grandad. You know, and um, we put the Christmas decorations away. But I noticed that I'd forgotten that, so I took it upstairs, and I lifted the lid of the box, um, and, and tucked it, tucked it in underneath everything else. And the next morning, I got out of bed because I haven't put it in the loft yet. It's, it's kind of down underneath the loft, ready to go upstairs. Um, I came out of my bedroom, and this card was on the floor. So they would have had to pull it out the lid, pull it out from underneath all the stuff, up the lid lip of the box, which is maybe two inches from where it was, and then out on the floor. So it's not the cat. Um, it's too high up for the, the kids to reach it, not that they would want to anyway. And just a very, you know, unexplained bit of phenomena. I'm not saying it is my granddad. Um, you know, I, I'm just ta- I'm taking it that it is. Um, I'm not saying it definitely is because I can't evidence or prove that it is just unexplained phenomena and that's what I always say I never say it is a ghost I call it unexplained phenomena because that's all we can do and then the scientist people can't have a go at me saying are you believing ghosts <laughs> anyway what, what I might do one day is actually one of my friends Andrew he might be listening he said he's going to listen he said it'll be the first podcast I'll ever listen to so if you're listening hello Andrew and let me just tell me if you're up for it Andrew's one of my longest, uh, closest, bestest friends in the world. Um, he's from Seattle and he's currently living in France, although he's going to move to Taiwan for a little while. He's about to have a daughter. Um, I love the man to bits, but he is a adamant anti um, anything in this. Just doesn't believe it. Although, having said that, he says he doesn't believe it and he told me he was in France and someone whispered something in his ear when he was outside working and it was in English. I can't remember what he said it was. But yeah, he couldn't explain that one, which was interesting. But um, no, he's an amazing guy and it would be great to get him on here and just have a debate and record it and see what people think. You'll hear both sides of the arguments. Um, But what's great is we can do this for hours and we have done without falling out and both laughing. We just say, I love you, brother, at the end. You know, that's how it goes. So... um, that, that would be an interesting one. We'll have to see. We have these conversations anyway, so it's not like it's taking any more time. Um, another brand new listener who's a friend of mine who never listened to podcasts before is um, another very, very special man, uh, very close to me and dear to me. And I just want to say, if you are listening, it's for Alan. Thank you so much for all the help you do me. Um, this man comes and gives me so much support. He knows I'm not well. Um, and he helps me so much and I really really do appreciate it so thank you very much guys um, that's it I've rambled on oh that was what I was saying earlier this is ADHD you see I flip from one thing to another and keep forgetting this is why I have to script the show and don't just do it off the cuff um, The uh, I am wanting to to put something out there that is um, like a, an online journal and just as, as they occur um, 
write these things down but I want it to be public so people can can read it and and do it you know I'm a professional so I work as a professional um I'm classed as a reliable witness in court due to my what I do as a, as a profession as well you know um okay I, I'm not going to die I'm a little bit crackers I think that's a brilliant thing um but you know these are I'm not like some guy who's homeless on the street who has these activities and has got a bit of schizophrenia, you know. I'll happily do any mental health test that anyone wants to do. Um, and I'll happily bring other witnesses that see these things occur. I mean, Alan, if you're listening, or quite readily tell you I'll go around to his house and uh, one of his plants turns around its leaf and literally waves. Like, nothing touching it and it waves. As crazy and as silly as it sounds three people my daughter as well has witnessed that um also he had a light just turn on in his room that was unplugged so it was plugged in when i was there and turned on so these things occur and just to make a record that people can can read and and those that do kind of analyze it can can just have access to it so if anyone has any ideas of, of what i can do i don't have time to write loads it'll just be very brief factual descriptions um I just thought it'd be I know John Keel did something similar that have they've been published recently. Um and I think if he was online at the time he would have done the same. Uh, it just might be a, a resource for, for someone for these things just to occur I wouldn't say every day, but but almost regularly. Um Ah, oh, that was the other thing I wanted to tell you all. One th- reason as well why I'm really, really gutted is um my medication wasn't working, I wasn't getting any sleep, I just couldn't drop off. Um, when it when it was changed so after I went to bed early and it got to about half three and I just thought I'm not going to sleep so I might as well get up and start recording and uh, just after 4am there was I was talking doing the show when I played it back you could distinctly or you could distinctly hear a child shout in the room and I heard it when I was doing it didn't think much of it I thought you know what I must have misheard something but when I played it back it actually picked it up on the uh, on the microphone now it, it was in this room it wasn't from upstairs um i think if if the children did the the kind of uh, different area of the house so you wouldn't hear them if they were shouting in their sleep it sounded a lot younger as well this this voice sounded like a someone who's about four or five i think it was a very kind of high-pitched child voice i'm pretty certain there wasn't any children outside at four in the morning i'm pretty certain of that so, um, yeah, I'm pretty disappointed that didn't occur. Now, it's on a female, my, my son. Um, my son is 16 in on Monday, and he still runs throughout the house, like sprints through the house um, with all the lights on because he sees a girl on the stairs. Um, now I've had, I've taken him to the doctors and said, is this his medication? Um, but they've said, no, it's not. They said, if he's only seen it in this house, then it's not mental health. If he's seen things everywhere, then that would be a problem. Interestingly, actually, the, the paediatric consultant himself said not to worry, and paranormal things occur all the time, and sometimes these young people with these additional needs do actually see and respond to them, which, again, was, was fascinating, because I'd already kind of formed this hypothesis then as well. Um he he wasn't willing to do an interview with me though sadly um so yeah that that was just a, an interesting one and thank you for yeah taking interest it was nice to be asked i didn't know whether you liked my stories or not or whether you just thought i sound like the ramblings of a madman um anyway it is what time is it it's six minutes past three and i have to be up at seven 
to get my son ready for school. He's still going in because he's got an EHCP, so he's still going into school each day. Hopefully we'll we'll get some of his last uh, GCSEs, fingers crossed. So I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to come tomorrow, finish work early and crack on with the rest of the show and hopefully get it up for the weekend, ready to record the interview. So, yeah, going to bed now, and uh, I don't know why I'm telling you, really. It's not like it's a break to you, is it? It'll just carry on to the next bit of the show. But, yeah, for me, right now, at this moment, good night. (laughs) And just like that, it is now tomorrow. See, quantum physics really does work. That was seamless, wasn't it? You wouldn't even known that it was tomorrow, which is now today. Incredible. Before I start with December's UFO news, I'm just going to do a quick roundup of 2020. UFO sightings have hit a record year in 2020. I believe there are a number of reasons for this. First of all, people who normally be stuck in offices are not. They've been out and about, or even in summer, working from home, sometimes in their gardens, looking up at the sky. Secondly, more people have just been going outdoors for walks and into the countryside. Some other reasons have been given by other sources. Ex-British policeman Gary Heseltine keeps a database of UK sightings straight from the police and has noticed the increase. And he states there has been less air traffic, so people are now noticing the anomalies more. The Ministry of Defence's official response to the Sun newspaper published last month states, In 50 years, no UFO report has revealed anything to suggest a military threat to the UK. What is interesting is what they are not saying. First of all, does this mean that there was a military threat over 50 years ago? Secondly, it may not be a military threat, but what about other threats? And most importantly, the statement confirms UFOs existence. In summary, the statement basically says that in the last 50 years, UFOs definitely exist, but they have not been a threat. In the beginning of the year, in January 2020, the UK said they would be uploading the public's UFO sightings up to 2009. What's disappointing, though, is that this is the public sightings, not the official UFO documents, so it's similar to the ones currently uploaded by MUFON. 61% of surveyed Americans, according to Fox, have said that they want the USA government to do the same thing. And news in 2021, obviously, which we'll get into in the next show, looks like this might be now occurring. What I'm intrigued about is the 39% that said they don't want the government to share the information. Now tell me if I'm wrong, but this 39%, to me, have been approached and asked if they want a better understanding of what's going on in the world and above us, an ability to learn new things and get answers that we've sought for a long time. And they've gone, hell no, I'd rather live in bitter ignorance than challenge my confirmation bias. Or maybe, and whisper it, the 39% are actually aliens. This brings us on to the mainstream timeline of UFO events for the year 2020. In fact, in January 2020, Vice asked the government to release the briefings about the previously released videos, and the response was no, as it would cause exceptionally grave damage to national security. That in itself is an interesting statement. 
Do they mean they think the American people will suddenly go crazy on the streets? Or is it because they believe it is terrestrial and from another country, and therefore to release the information will be espionage security? Or do they not want to release the information because they have backward engineered the technology themselves? These are all just guesses. Who knows? What we do know that despite this previous statement, April arrived and the Pentagon had a rethink and decided that its public aren't a bunch of irrational lunatics. Or let's be honest, they looked out the window onto the streets and thought, could it actually get any worse? And they released more videos and confirmed the actual official identity of the UFOs. We won't discuss these videos as they've been done to death everywhere else in the media, in the mainstream and on other podcasts. But it was a pinnacle moment in the fight for disclosure. Next in the story, Donald Trump, remember him? He told his son that he had interesting details on Roswell. When he was asked if aliens exist, Trump stated, So many people ask me that question. There are millions and millions of people who want to go there. They want to see it. I won't talk to you about what I know, but it's very interesting. Which, let's be honest, is another way of saying, yes, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. Trump even stated that he's going to think about whether to declassify Roswell or not. I think many people around the world were waiting on Trump's last day even to see if this disclosure would occur. And maybe it would have done had it not been for the insurrection on the streets and the coronavirus. And we are yet to know what agenda Biden will have on the situation. After these statements by Trump, the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Task Force, Senator Marco Rubio, asked for more information to be released to the committee, seen as the Pentagon confirmed UFOs' existence, but the committee has barely any information on them. His view being that being the Senate Intelligence Task Committee, not having intelligence isn't very intelligent. Just as an interesting side note here, USA Vice President Kamala Harris is also on this board and so will be aware of all the UFOs' disclosures that have been received to the committee. This led on to, in July, the Pentagon confirming off-world vehicles not made of this earth existed. This statement is also interesting, as to know they're not just vehicles that we don't know their origin of is very different to confirming they are not of this earth. The administration then confirmed in August the launch of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force to further investigate these vehicles, Although, ex-British intelligence officers confirmed that this organisation has always been in existence just under a different name. The Japanese then confirmed themselves that they are now officially collating information long held by Japanese pilots who had nowhere official to report the information and sightings to. It was also the year that Iran officially confirming UFOs but thinking that they are USA made. Then, at the end of 2020, was the incredible news what Haim Ashad, who used to lead the Israel Defence Ministry, spoke to Yediot Aharanat, an Israeli newspaper, that humans have in fact made contact with aliens, that we have been in contact for many, many years, that the USA president is involved, and so is Israel, and together they formed the Galactic Federation. This man ran Israel's space programme for 30 years. He's highly respected around the world, and deemed an exceptionally intelligent and down-to-earth individual. So unless he's completely lost his mind, he can be considered a reliable witness. Brennan, who headed the CIA under the Obama administration, has also publicly stated some of the UFOs we are seeing are from aliens from another planet. As reported last episode, 
2020 saw a slew of USA celebrities confirming close encounters, which has continued this month in stories which I'll report later. It is almost as if they've been encouraged to leak information about their experiences just to soften the blow, allowing for further disclosure. This would be an interesting tactic because if we look at the current trend, if a celebrity or an influencer told people to stick needles in their eyes and that's really good for you, strangely most people just blindly follow. So if they say that UFOs exist and they're actually okay, then most people will be happy with that. I feel that the governments around the world are slowly dipping a toe into the water just to see what the public's response will be when they release the information. And so far, all we've seen is, hmm, now that's interesting, which has been very different from the riots that people expected with people running around like headless chickens in absolute dire fear. Hopefully the public will be credited with a bit more intelligence than they have previously. And let's be honest, to hold information secret actually costs a lot of money and takes a lot of effort. Like we've seen with the Zodiac Killer's code being broken, keeping things in the public domain can have some of the public's great minds also work on answers and explanations, putting more human resources into research than the central intelligence agencies and other agencies could never afford to. As the overreactions the governments feared never actually occurred, the positives actually far outweigh the negatives to keep this in the public domain. And now a roundup of the year's scientific evidence as reported by Space.com. In June, the Astrophysical Journal reported there could be an estimated 36 alien civilizations in our galaxy. They did this using the Drake equation. No, not by ringing hotline bling. It is named after Frank Drake, who created an equation on variables such as the average rate of star formation the percentages of stars that form planets, and the percentage of planets that have the right ecosystem that could support life. This equation was created in 1961, but since then, far more information has been gathered and brought up to date. So now, the answer is 36. In September, scientists discovered phosphine in Venus, a molecule associated with non-oxygen-breathing bacteria. The other reason this molecule is produced does not exist on Venus, making it even more likely to be a little alien bacteria, according to the initial study. However, since then, it's been met with much criticism, with other scientists thinking it highly unlikely it's from bacteria, or is even present in the first place. In October, the journal Monthly Notices of the Royal Astronomical Society, catchy title, showed a study where a team of scientists calculated that roughly 1,000 star systems within 300 light years could feasibly see our humble Earth as it passes between their location and the Sun. Two of these are definite exoplanets which could support life. They could even detect methane and oxygen in our atmosphere as we do theirs. If they are watching us humans, I bet the first thing they want to do is quickly turn over the channel. But it's not all bad. This human infection will soon be eradicated when the sun turns into a red giant and then a white dwarf in around 4 billion years. Scientists have suggested though that we shouldn't rule out intelligent life forms near white dwarfs as we previously have done because a highly advanced civilization could utilise the small amount of power left in a white dwarf to support a population. Previously, we have also ruled out non-oxygen-equipped planets in the past. But back in May, the journal Nature Astronomy determined it is possible that a planet such as Jupiter, which is 90% hydrogen, could, in theory, evolve life that has evolved to breathe that atmosphere. 
In laboratory tests, where they simulated the environment, they found that although E. coli's growth was stunted, it did survive, says its author Sarah Seeger. In fact, another new discovery has found that extremophiles, which have been found living in boiling water and toxic waste, have now been discovered by Montana State University living under polar ice caps, demonstrating even further that organisms can live in more extreme places than we previously thought, giving even further hope for other planets' potentials to host life. We are also told that the journal of the man who led the Roswell investigation, Jesse Marcel, kept journals with secret coded messages in, which were about to be made public by the Discovery Channel. Northern Ireland has reported six official extraterrestrial encounters, according to the Belfast Telegraph, which is too higher than 2019, which has come to light, no pun intended, after a Freedom of Information Act request. The first sighting took place on March the 13th in Dunmurray, where a silent UFO with many flashing lights hovered in the sky for 30 minutes. Then just six days later, in Bangor, a UFO which looked like solar panels was seen in the sky. April the 3rd came a report that a UFO was going down Springfield Road, but that was all the report contained, so for all we know, a UFO could have just been having a wonder to go to the local chippy. My favourite, though, occurred on May the 12th, when the report states, UFOs beat Federal X and Parcel Force and all the rest by delivering a man to Bangor Marina. The report doesn't state who the man was, how he was delivered, where he came from, and what he was delivered in, and that is something that I do want to know. It all then went quiet till the August the 22nd, when three UFOs were spotted over Belfast. And the last sighting was in September, when a squadron of six flew over houses in the Martin area. First up in the general UFO news is a video which was posted down the road from Fortean News HQ in a village called Muston. I came across this video as my friend Sean pointed out to me on Facebook and I had to reach out to the lady that published it called Mel because the abuse that she received just from posting this video was absolutely horrific. It was so abusive, offensive and belligerent to this lady and all she did was she filmed something in the sky, a UFO, an unidentified flying object. She didn't say, oh look there's aliens here or anything. She just said, look this is UFO and I'm keeping my mind open. That was it. And she received just horrible abuse because of it. I don't get it. I really don't get it. But but all of you can counteract that by going on a channel and subscribing. That would be really nice and uh, it could be great for you to just show support. So her, uh, her channel is MM, as in the letters, double M, the Short Asked Civvy. So Short Asked C-I-V-V-Y. And it ended up me having a really lovely chat with Mel, and it's been uh, really nice to get to know her. Um, I'm going to report to you the the sighting, and you can go on, obviously, go on her YouTube channel and see the footage for yourself. I'll read you the account that Mel told me. Mel and her husband spotted something in the sky, and so pulled out her husband's telescope from the cupboard to get a closer look, and started filming on a Samsung S9 Plus camera. And the video is exactly as filmed, with no tricks or editing added. It was filmed between the hours of 2 and 3 a.m. on the 28th of December. Melody describes the UFO as being a translucent sphere with uniformed coloured lights of differing colours covering the entire sphere and you could view the lights all over the object. She also describes how there were flashing lights port and starboard with constant light in a forward position. 
there was no sound heard from the object at all. Really interestingly, this is very similar to the UFO posted above Scarborough by Ryan Smith earlier last year. It is also almost identical to one seen on December the 9th on the 405 freeway between Long Beach and Irving, according to a video posted by Real 92.3 radio station. Incidentally, just as some 14 trivia for you, Mustin is an old Norse place name meaning mouse-infested farmstead, and the pub in the village, called the Ship Inn, is also infamous for poltergeist activity. And just want to say thank you so much for Mel for um, giving me that information and letting me talk about your UFO on the show. And um, it's been lovely to get to know you and please keep in touch. On December the 4th, Anomalian.com reported that a colourful rainbow UFO was seen by residents of St. John in Canada. I know what you're thinking and no, it wasn't a rainbow. This bizarre sight was witnessed and recorded by numerous witnesses in the night sky and shows a light at the centre which changes colour and is surrounded by a multicoloured shape changing mesh of laser lights. The whole thing morphs shape and colour continuously. It is really hard to describe so I recommend you go and look for this one yourself. This isn't some one-shaped solid craft or anything like that. It's some morphing mesh of neon lights in one grouping cluster within the sky. Really recommend that you go for yourself and let me know what you think it is by having a look. The Daily Record reported that John McKins was picking his daughter up from school and stopped and was admiring the sunset. He saw a strange red cloud which started shooting sparks out of it until an object appeared which then just disappeared in the blink of an eye. Published in December, an event which took place on October the 24th reported by Phantoms and Monsters stated that a couple were holding a yard sale in a gated community which was attended by purported Nordic EBE, a type of alien race who looked like traditional blonde Scandinavians. The two women were described as being in their mid-twenties being attractive and wearing new clothing. Despite this taking place in a gated community, no one really knew them. They browsed the sale items for around 50 minutes before leaving. Nothing that odd about that, right? Well, here is where it gets really weird. Having been at the sale, the two unknown strangers suddenly appeared walking down the road through an area which is impossible to get to in the time that it took and in the route that they walked in, unless they have the ability to go through walls or to teleport. This, of course, left all the witnesses absolutely gobsmacked. The Daily Star reported that Blake Cousins, who runs the UFO channel, Third Phase of the Moon, has spotted a UFO that he claims to be the best sighting of 2020, taken from the space station's cameras. Blake argues that the object is metallic, which the Daily Star was careful put the word metallic in commas, and has two thrusters. Now, I'm going to get on my high horse a bit here again, because this sort of stuff winds me up a little bit. This thing that he claims is metallic with a pair of thrusters couldn't be more rock-like if the cliffs down the road, which are made of rock, was playing rock music by the Rolling Stones. So this is either such a severe case of confirmation bias that his eyes are misleading him into believing that as a metallic object, or the guy really needs to get to Specsavers. And it's also the reason why people believe that us that listen to things like this are all a little bit cuckoo and wear tinfoil hats. I mean, I only wear mine inside. I don't wear it outside. Come on. Also in the star was a video shot on Christmas Eve, which seemed to feature 
two strange white cigar-shaped UFOs in the sky. While some people at first were very excited by this, others asked the person recording if they happened to have two strip lights behind them in the room they were recording from, which were being reflected in the window. And while we're at another non-sighting was in Mexico City, where the Express reported of a strange UFO, which is obviously a H.R. Geiger-style balloon. Back to ones that completely defy explanation, and Bangor Daily News uploaded an odd little video of something strange flying past a doorbell camera submitted by Paul Greger of Yarmouth. Strange because no one has yet to figure out what it is. It flies at immense speed and leaves some kind of trail behind it, too fast and irregular to be a drone, and not an insect or a bird. It must then be an I don't know UFO. The Daily Star reports that many people went to watch the SpaceX rocket launch on December the 8th, and of course started filming. But instead of the rocket launch, which was sadly delayed for a day, they caught on camera a UFO flying above instead. The strange object is a white sphere. Maybe the huge rocket was actually a red herring, and this was Elon Musk's spaceship all along. The Star also reported a white sphere, this time above Cathedral City, California, hovering over a jet's recently left chemtrails, with many conspiracy theories feeling these are alien surveillance drones. The Sun newspaper reported that Geordie Shaw's Chloe Ferry is fearful of an alien invasion for the new year. This was due to footage a friend in Leeds Centre, which she dutifully shared, which could be a shooting star, seagull droppings, or someone having a clear-out and throwing the Jimmy Savile memorabilia out the window. Who knows? But it wasn't an alien UFO. And for any American listeners who's wondering what is both Geordie Shaw and Jimmy Savile, let me just say don't bother. That's one Google search too many. The Chilliwack Progress has reported the sighting of a UFO above Abbotsford and Aldergrove on the 1st of December. A man was driving east on 264 Fraser Highway. At Aldergrove, BC, his son spotted an orange glow behind the trees and pulled over to see what it was, with the camera phone at the ready. What they found was that the orange glow was actually three orange glows, caught on the tips of the now infamous black triangle. I looked at some of the explanations that people gave for this, and one comment which was meeting most plaudits was that these were paper lanterns. I felt that this deserved responding to. So I said that paper lanterns in the sky with wind maintaining a perfect equilateral triangle is more ridiculous than it was being flown by Santa Claus himself. Interestingly, the Plymouth Herald reported something very similar on the 6th of December with strange orange glowing light popping up on the video footage which seems to show them also maintaining a regular triangular formation. The Sun has released police dashcam footage after a traffic cop was driving along the A59 between Skipton and Bolton Abbey here at home in North Yorkshire. A pulsating sphere flies from right to left before stopping and going back right again above the hills. The officer stated the footage quality isn't the best, and as well as that one orb, with his naked eye he saw a packed cluster of small bright lights. An organisation known for catchy titles, NASA released a paper entitled A Statistical Estimation of the Occurrence of Extraterrestrial Intelligence in the Milky Way. To sum this up, they looked at simulating models to discover if there were intelligent life forms way more advanced than us, would they end up destroying themselves or the technology taking over and wiping life out? And the answer was, yes.
December the 26th saw the 40th anniversary of the Rendlesham incident, and so The Sun featured an article written by Nick Pope. Three men from US Air Force Security Police Base at RAF Woodbridge were doing a security detail and saw a UFO. At first they thought a plane had crashed beyond the perimeter fence, and so wandered into the forest to a clearing which was lit up with bright lights. There was something there that looked like a cross between a stealth fighter and a lunar landing module, with strange symbols on its side. One of the men took photos of the craft, but was informed later that they had not come out when they were developed, although there was no evidence that this was actually the case and could have been kept by security forces. The craft then shot off vertically at what they described as impossible speed. The strange UFO then returned two nights later, This time, Sceptical Deputy Base Commander Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt led a team into the forest. The UFO flew directly towards them and once it was overhead, shot a thin beam of light in front of them all. Later on, it was seen shooting the same beams into a storage area where some troops stated later that nuclear weapons were kept, although this of course has never officially been confirmed. Later, military radar operators confirmed the UFO was being trapped and travelled at thousands of miles per hour before it stopped over the base and was clearly under some sort of intelligent control. Not only that, after this incident, radioactivity had increased in the area seemingly caused by the craft. It was conspired to be kept secret until a newspaper leaked the report. The incident was even discussed in Parliament where they came up with two conclusions. Number one, it was decided that all these respectable troops, including senior officers, were all hallucinating the same thing together. Or, number two, they witnessed UFO. Prime Minister and demonic entity Margaret Thatcher was thought to be very spooked by the UFO incident. In November, I reported a near miss at Leeds Bradford with a UFO. Another one has occurred in the official meetings at London's Heathrow as Airbus A321 took off and an object almost hit the wing of the plane at 3,000 feet. They said there was potential it was a drone, of course, although the pilot stated they can't be certain it was. Military.com, the magazine for USA servicemen, printed an article about the things that staff who worked at Ohio's Wright-Patterson base will tell you once they've had a few drinks down their neck and it's late at the bar. First of all, they think it's common knowledge that the Roswell crash UFO and crew were taken there and put in the infamous Hangar 18. Legend has it that Senator Barry Goldwater asked USAF General Curtis LeMay if he could take a peek inside, and LeMay said no, and that he should never, ever even ask again. Some staff have alleged that actually there were UFO crash parts kept in the base pre-Roswell as well. There have been reports of an alien with blue-green skin instead of the typical grey ones there, and one recovered crash was rumoured to have 16 alien passengers on board. They said that medics do try and save them, although often unsuccessfully, and it's said that cellular genetic research is carried out there as well as attempts to reverse-engineer crash technology. This has included a lightweight material completely impenetrable. In fact, some technologies that have been attributed to reverse-engineering at this base, according to the article, are fibre optics, night vision, lasers, integrated circuits and particle beams. Also on the base is the Hap Arnold House. 
It is a place where many generals have lived, and although they come and go over the years, one resident always remains. Poltergeist activity frequently occurs, with unaccounted for strange noises being heard, shadows around the home, and things moving by an unseen force. They can even rap in response to your questions and turn lights on and off by request, similar to an Alexa then. And now, sorry, all your Alexas have gone off, let me help you. Alexa, cancel. It isn't just the house that's meant to be haunted. The base hosts a museum, housing many planes from history, and legend has it, some of their pilots with them. One plane, called the Hopalong, is a Sikorsky UH-19B used in Korea and Vietnam. The seat there is still stained with the pilot's blood who was killed. Staff have frequently seen this pilot sat in the seat in an absolute panic, flicking switches, who to witnesses is trying to fly home in what must be a residual spirit. There is even a photograph of the plane, with a solid shadow outline of a pilot stood beside it, like someone has just cut him out of time, leaving emptiness behind. Next is the infamous and tragic B-29, named the boxcar, which dropped the fat man atomic bomb on Nagasaki. A young Japanese boy only comes out at night there when it's quiet, I assume asking questions as to how could such an awful act of human destruction occur and finding no answers remains. There is a Sikorsky CH-3E helicopter in the museum, riddled with bullet holes. Many people have reported hearing moans and voices as if the people are still inside trying to escape. One of the most active exhibits is the B-24, which crashed on a bombing raid of Italy in World War II. The plane, nicknamed Lady Be Good, is strange, as many museum guests can't even approach the plane, as they say they suddenly feel sick dread in what must be paranormal empathy for the feelings and emotions the people who were in the crash felt before they died. Parts of the plane are said to move around and rearrange themselves overnight, not directly attached to any plane, but poltergeist activity frequently occurs in the museum, as well as a spectre of an airman, and even a Nazi in uniform can be seen, are often seen and heard around the corridors, but then vanish, even in areas completely off-limits to the public and only for staff situated behind locked doors. The worst of all of them is meant to be the B-24D from World War II, named Strawberry Bitch, who has a malevolent ghost attached. Noises are heard from the inside, and shadow people have been witnessed, with a janitor in the building even being strawberry bitch slapped in the face while cleaning. It's not just the house and the museum. The whole base is reportedly haunted, with even official meetings sometimes having to be cancelled due to paranormal activity. In one building, it's said that every door slams shut at the same time, and then children can be heard running and laughing. Or are they children? Finally, in UFO news... The year ended with one of the greatest stories of 2020. A lawsuit has been filed against the USA federal government, the United Kingdom and the United Nations by a man named Rikaya Collings, or as he calls himself, Capricornus God of Sun Rikaya, who you should all know is actually the Ascendant Master, or so he says. And why is he suing them? Well, of course, he's from Saturn and the USA, and from July the 4th, 1776, to the present day, they have all been discriminating against him. The reason for this, according to Coast to Coast AM, is described as a rambling speech punctuated with astrological and biblical terms. 
I have never watched a case in court before, but I had to choose one to do so in my lifetime. It would be this. Right, guys, I've made an executive decision. It is now, what time is it? It's 4.31am on Saturday morning. And uh, although it's Saturday, my kids will be up, so I need to go to bed pretty soon. So what I'm going to do, just to make sure this is up and out for the weekend, I'm going to record it in two parts. So the first part is this. Um, The second part, I've still got all the cryptids and animal reports, as well as just the general weird 40N news to upload. So I'm going to record that. There's loads of weird news this time, which is why the last show was so long. So I'm going to put it in two parts, give you something to listen to then. I'm also going to do the interview on Sunday morning, which I should upload by Sunday, um, all being well. And um, then I'll record the next bit on Sunday evening and maybe Monday evening if if I don't get it all done. So I hope you all have a really lovely weekend. Um, As always, um, as I say, please just let other people know about it. Um, Spend a few minutes putting in a review. They'd be really grateful. And uh, get in touch if you've got anything to ask or you want to say um, anything about any of the stories. It'd be really good to hear from you. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And again, I really apologise for the delay um, and hope to get the next one out as soon as possible. Take care.